Wi-Fi boosters aren't too expensive too, so that helped. Thanks. Wi-Fi boosters. My students who got me that Amazon card. That's what I bought with it. Really? What'd you get an Amazon card for? <laughs> for being like America's next top model? No, from you know, just from, from, from your, your as being an instructor, you get yeah. perks, uh, gifts from students because they're trying to bribe their way to black belt, which I highly <laughs> encourage because it works. Because it works. Especially House of Prime Rib <laughs> gift cards. You know, I'm kidding. Oh man, I I've offered to give my the black belt I was wearing to students that gave me just a box of chocolates. I'm I'm easy. Yeah, I'm super easy. Episode fifty six, dude. There's a lot going training, on. Man. There's a lot going on. Yeah, well, let's talk about training first. How are you? How are you doing? How's like? Good, how's man. the team doing over at Magalic Jiu Jitsu? Are you? Are you schooling these young kids, or are they taking no. the old man to the woodshed and whipping you? What's going on? They are whooping my ass, man. And this weekend is the Jiu Jitsu World League out there in Stockton. They throw. They pretty much throw a tournament every month or every other month or something like that out there. And we got about 20-some-odd students, including the children, uh, competing this weekend. So shout-out to anyone that's competing uh, at the Jiu-Jitsu World League out there in Stockton. And good luck to you guys. Uh, first tournament of the year. Good luck, guys. Yeah, yeah we the, don't. I don't have any teammates that are doing that one. But, uh, but we have a number of uh, competitors at our gym that are getting ready, doing their extra sessions working on their game, nice. getting in the lab, fixing some shit, hugging each other, lying down on top of each other, you know, taking off the tops and bottoms. <laughs> Wait, what am I talking about? Am I Wait talking a about second. I'm talking about jujitsu, right? Okay. Yeah, they do that when they, they're going no gi, guys. True no go. gi. No bottoms, <laughs> no tops. True no gi. That, that's a, that should no be gi. a shirt. True it's no the original pancreation. It's, it's like, like nude and you're, like, hey you're guys, in olive oil and stuff. So We're going to go true no gi. True, you know what true, that means, right? True grappling. Olive oil and uh, yeah, underwear. That's all. And everything. Tidy whities <laughs> and that's it. But how's you? We, last week you were telling me that your neck was bothering you for a while. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's your neck feeling this week in training? It's a little sore, but um, I think it's uh, doing much better. I think that at the time off did me really good and. You know, I still feel it here and there, but before it was just constant pain and it was always on my mind. Now it's like, I'll forget about it. And then I'm like, oh, I forgot, kind of injured. But uh, I trained tonight and it was uh, it was great because uh, I was working with one of the white belts that's going to be competing over there. And uh, I we talked about game plan for, for tournaments uh, a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, I feel confident in this kid that, uh, you know, he's just going to college and he's he's a barista at a coffee shop and you know he's in there pretty much every other day and uh he looks really good so he came up he he knew he needed a game plan and you know he wasn't sugarcoating it so we just worked on where he needs to go to be comfortable and to win the match cheers that's already that's already uh a step ahead of most white belts sometimes when they go into a tournament except Mm -hmm. these days you know, schools are really good, I've noticed, about preparing their white belts for their first tournament. Yeah. I, tell me if you feel the same way, Sean, but I look at white belts nowadays when they're competing, and I go to these competitions, and I watch them. And I think to myself, damn, like, I'm so glad I'm not a white belt right now mm-hmm. where I have to compete yeah. against these guys because 
these white belts are fucking savage. Tough, right? <laughs> they they go hard, they go wild. I mean, that, I'm surprised the limbs aren't like snapping and elbows aren't being yeah. landed on people's eyeballs randomly. Uh, it, it's scary. It is. And <laughs> it's exciting, but scary. You almost expect blood to shed when when you see like white belt matches, <laughs> like wild, either a bloody dude. nose or like a headbutt of some sort. But uh, dude, that's and that's in these so gi true. matches, I'm like sometimes half expecting fingers to be bent know, ninety right? degrees the wrong direction. I mean, these guys are fucking going for it. And it's like these. It's, you guys are white belts. It's just the beginning of your journey. Just, I know. <laughs> But, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing though. To watch. I remember my first tournament. I was shitting bricks, dude. I I couldn't hold Hopefully it. Hopefully not in the middle of the match because that's a no, disqualification. No, no. I ended up taking a shit. You can't shit in the middle of their match, Sean. I ended that's up a taking a shit uh, while know. while waiting my turn. <laughs> Is it really? It's like oh, oh you we gotta stop. Oh, you, you made it to the bathroom, right? You yeah. made it to the bathroom. Made it to the bathroom. <laughs> Took a Good shit. For you. There, though, Good yeah. for you. That's the that's the body evacuating everything that it doesn't need so it could concentrate on the task that it's going to have to perform in front of a bunch of strangers and in front of your family probably. So in front of your girl. Better better that the you evacuated your bowels before than during. I mean the body knows what it needs to do. I know. Did you uh I was uh, I was knee sparring today. Oh, and, okay. Uh, okay. And uh you know my fighter Matt, he's gonna compete in Denver, and and it's gonna be a, a tournament where elbows are allowed. And really? so we're playing around with like elbows in the middle of knee sparring. We don't really hit each other, yeah. but of course accidents happen. So of course what happens? Accidentally clips me a little bit above on the side of my eye. It was awesome. So I I faked getting knocked out so I could get him in trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, everything's good. Shout out Matt. Preparation's going nicely, so we're excited. But it's been uh, exciting for me to consistently get back into some knee sparring because going against these young guys or younger folks, sometimes I feel like maybe I don't have it anymore. Mm. I should just accept that I'm going to get dumped and thrown around and need. Yeah. I've still got a little bit left. Not of a lot, you do. but enough where I could survive and yeah. be respectable. Uh, though I'm working at it. But one of the things that's helped me and the, and the reason why I bring this up is that before I started consistently, consistently getting back into knee sparring, I've been diligent about doing my neck exercises. And I'm telling you for your situation, Sean, uh, once you feel up to it, I'd be happy to show you some really easy to. neck exercises that will make your jujitsu experience a lot more pleasant yes. so that you're just not feeling like you're super fragile when you're rolling around with, um, with these people that are getting ready for competitions. I would love to, man. I would love to. And you don't have to spend like 200 bucks to get that iron neck apparatus. <laughs> um, so I, I got something simple. Nice. Uh, although uh, my buddy uh, offered to let me borrow his iron neck because he says it's just like sitting Collecting in his dust. trunk. But I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm cool with what I'm doing right now. There I don't want, I don't want to feed into the hype. <laughs> So that's where I stand with my training. Um, Sean, you had a good suggestion for today's episode. Yeah. Where um, we're going to jump gonna into open news. Up. Yeah, we're going to go into news before we talk about the events that are coming up this weekend. And Sean, did you want to start us off on what the big headline news is for this week? And I know we're talking about the same thing. Which one is it? It's heavy. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> As you can tell, guys, we organized this very we organized well. Organized this very Heavyweight well. Heavyweight 
heavyweight fighter Francis oh, Ngannou gets released from the UFC after a failed negotiation with the UFC on a new contract. And so now Francis Ngannou is a free agent. agent. He's free to pursue boxing fights against big names in the boxing world, such as Fury, such as Wilder, such as Joshua, uh, which is, it looks like that's where he's leaning towards. Yeah. Uh, in addition to maybe a big, uh, a decent pay raise. He asked for a number of other things from the UFC that they weren't willing to comply with. And so now the UFC public relations machine is in overdrive working to bury their former heavyweight champion That's in the crazy, media <laughs> saying that he just wants more money to fight lesser competition, which is par for the course in terms of the UFC and how it treats many of its former fighters. <laughs> what's, what's your take on this, Sean? Well, I also heard that Francis represented himself, which was probably a big mistake because if mm. you think about what's going to happen with him being released like this, you really can't predict what what is going to happen because say he does um, get a fight, like a boxing fight uh, with one of the top heavyweights, or is he going to win? Of course not. You're, you're talking about uh, an MMA, MMA fighter that's feared in the MMA community not in the boxing community because you put and it's a different sport even I, though punches are involved let's make it very clear yeah. boxing is a different sport than mma folks yeah so say he gets this tyson fury fight the mm. chances of him i mean he's gonna get paid what eight to 20 million maybe or something like that right which is great but he's not gonna win that fight and i don't see how you market someone like that to where you're gonna give him these you know, circus super fights or something like that. That or unless Bellator, PFL, 1FC are knocking at the door saying, hey, go ahead and do your boxing thing and then later on let's, you know, let's talk. But even if he did, for example, go to Bellator and he fights the heavyweight champ who is, I think it's Ryden Bader. Does that do pay-per-view numbers? So my question to you is, would you have um, played ball and made that, you know, they say it was it was more than like Brock Lesnar money or something like that. He would he would have been one of the highest paid guys in uh, heavyweights in, in UFC history. I think uh, Brock Lesnar was making, I think, just on the books, maybe I think just to show two, three million dollars just to show. And then he gets, you know, like the cuts or whatnot, maybe walks out with like 10 or 12 million bucks. Who knows? Um, but would you have rather taken the the one route where you make that big nut with Tyson Fury and then you kind of like hope for the best later, or would you have taken the money from the, from the UFC and be like, Oh, maybe I can make five to $10 million each fight um, for eight fights, like an eight fight contract, you know? Well, I think one of the issues that came up for Nganu is that no longer is he in a situation where the amount of money you make is going to determine what he feels is a successful yeah, uh, which career. is great. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a great place to be. And he asked for, you know, obviously you probably asked for a pay raise. Mm -hmm. He asked that he asked for a three fight contract with no extension. So what that ta what that means is that the UFC treats their, their fighters, including their champions as independent contractors. But if you are a champion, they, there's a clause in most of their contracts where if you're still the champion after, I think, 
after your last fight, they like automatically extended you. Mm-hmm. Ngannou didn't want that. He wanted to be able to fight his three fights out, but then not have an automatic extension kick in and if yeah. he was still the champion. Uh, so he asked for that. He asked for sponsorships. He asked for health insurance. And he f- asked for a fighter advocate to sit on the board of the UFC to, in a sense, act as a f- one-person fighter union yeah. um, in terms of negotiating on behalf of the fighters. UFC didn't offer any of that. And I think, but I think the main thing for Nganu was just the freedom to pursue boxing, for example. So yes, maybe you will get the Brock Lesnar type of money if you stayed with the UFC, but then it's a big maybe as to whether or not he would be able to pursue boxing fights against a Deontay Wilder, against a Tyson Fury. I think knowing that he would be able to have the freedom now to pursue those other avenues and possibilities. I think that's what Francis really wanted. And so being released from the UFC, when you listen to interviews with him, there's a sense of relief you could almost hear in his voice uh, where, okay, I have the prestige of being the UFC heavy champion. It's a big thing, but you get the sense that he felt like he was underneath the UFC's thumb that entire time. And so now that he's not, now maybe he'll get maybe one big money fight, maybe a boxing match. Um, It'll be a circus, obviously. (laughs) And he'll get paid out. And then he has the freedom to pursue other things. And a lot of times when you get into the high stratosphere of sports earners, that's really what they want. You know, they want enough money where now they could have the freedom. Because what good is all that money, that big paycheck, exposure, you're not really having the freedom to do what you want with your career. And I think that that's the point that Francis Ngannou was trying to make. I agree. Um, and you know, the UFC was the first thing, you know, like, Oh, I guess he didn't want to fight John Jones. I, I guess he didn't I want mean, to fight Steve, Steve. And then Francis Sagan is like, John Jones is the guy I've been asking for, for two years. I, I just wanted under a certain circumstance. But is it really a surprise? So it's pretty interesting. Is it really a surprise? Anytime someone goes against the UFC, the UFC pushes it under the carpet and doesn't fucking address it. And it's just like, it, it's, it's part of, you know, doing business with the machine. Yeah. And I think I'm not, in, in a way, Francis Ngannou can't be too surprised no. that UFC went that route with it. But at the same time, when you listen to interviews with him, he does sound a little bit surprised. Um, again, it's going to be interesting. The leverage, you know, UFC is going to be fine, obviously. Yeah. But the leverage I think Ngannou has over the UFC, and we'll see how it plays out in the future, is that Whoever becomes the new heavyweight champion, whether it's John Jones or Cyril Gan, it's always going to be a question. Or mark, maybe yeah. Stipe Miocic. There's oh yes, there's always going to be a question mark. Are you really the heavyweight champion? Because you never beat Francis Ngannou. And then Francis comes back. Uh, so, it, and I think that was kind of the hope. I think the, yeah. the hope is that Francis would be able to negotiate, being able to do some of these boxing fights, and then coming back. Of course, the UFC, you know, on. To their credit, you know, they don't want any damage to their brand potentially if like their heavyweight goes out and gets starched by Anthony Joshua, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Uh, so the UFC has to protect their brand. It is a business. It's too bad, but it's the world we live in right now. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting to see where Francis Ngannou goes to next. But it's also exciting because they've announced, UFC has announced that this is 
means the return of John Jones, and he's going to fight Cyril Gaon for the vacant heavyweight title. And that's a fucking scrap, dude. Holy that's going to be really I want to hear really your uh, early prediction on this fight. I'm going to say that if John Jones, the grappler, shows up as well, mm-hmm. you know, the true mixed martial artist where, okay, keep the fight long, and then here comes the superior clinch fighting that John Jones has repeatedly demonstrated at light heavyweight, yeah. and he could transfer that to heavyweight. We've got a new, you know, John Jones is the new heavyweight champion of the UFC. Oh, That's the way I see it. Dude, but Cyril Gunn is tricky. What do you think? I think that if uh, Francis can hold down Cyril Gunn like that, uh, John Jones is going to have a walk in the park. But, you know, it's going to be tough getting in and, you know, getting close to, to Cyril Gunn with such a good, uh, reputation with the striking, but John Jones probably the most talented anything out of the UFC oh, besides man. all the I, other crap, you know. It's I, it's scary outside actually. the cage. Yeah, he's just he's in the cage Come and he's on. actually competing. It's it's really, I mean, it's almost beautiful to watch. Agreed. The Even when he, he has fight, shitty the fights, way he can execute pretty, certain new yeah. the way he could execute certain moves that's. I mean, it's it's really crazy, and and just think like he didn't grow up a martial artist. No, but he I did. Mean, he was a he was a top like he was a JUCO yeah level yeah, yeah. Greco Roman guy, and you know, but, but it that wasn't like bloodline. he was a Division One wrestler. What about that bloodline though? I mean, there's Super Bowl champion brothers, Arthur Jones, right? And Chandler his family Jones. are all it's like, like top tier athletes. Top tier athletes. So I, I credit his athleticism to his parents. Fuck that. I'll give it to that. Give it to that. <laughs> Not your hard work. It's genetics. It's genetics. <laughs> Three of them? Come on. But, uh, Three champions? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that's it's pretty that is pretty crazy. Yeah. But um it would be interesting though to see, I mean, like how long of a layoff has it been for John Jones? Are we t- it's, it's like three five, years. Three to five right? years, yeah. Yeah. I, so I mean, and now you're being kicked into the deep end, five round heavyweight fight fight against a top tier heavyweight in Cyril Gaon. Hey, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really yeah. interesting. I'm excited to see how that goes. And remember he's training with Cejudo. The secret sauce. Who's Cyril Gaon? No. John Jones. Oh, John Jones. Oh, yeah. that's right. He left New Mexico. That's right. Guess who else is on okay. that card though? Who's going to be on that? Who else is on that card? So there's they just announced this. Women's flyweight title fight: Valentina Shevchenko versus oh, uh, Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso, right. Alexa, my ex-wife um. Grasso, and um, <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna go. <laughs> Fuck, you know, Alexa Grasso uh, has been really improving her 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 striking and her clinch work as well as her takedowns. This might be the one, man. I mean, it's not like. Shevchenko looked amazing in her yeah, her split decision win over Tyler Santos, yeah. and Tyler Santos showed that you know if Keep you could have down. a patient, solid, balanced striking attack, and then mix it with your grappling, you could neutralize a lot of what Shevchenko does well, mm-hmm. which is her her furious uh, combination striking yeah. with uh, that has knockout power. So I give Alexa Grasso a, a, a chance here, yeah. a real chance. Shout out um, to, I'm curious uh, as the fight gets yeah. closer, what the odds are going to be uh, going into that. So for all you heavy betters out there, 
we'll keep you posted as Man. UFC 285 gets closer over here. I have a feeling they're going to fucking make Alexa such a huge underdog just because it's Shevchenko, you know? Mm, the Sh- name, right? Yeah. The name. A shout out to mm. one of her Muay Thai coaches, uh, Jason Andrade, over there in uh, Las Vegas. Jason Andrade, one of the veterans of the Muay Thai scene. Okay. And uh, we'll talk about this later on in the event, but Marisha Shogun Hua is fighting this weekend. Oh, yeah. and Retirement time. And he is announced that this is his retirement fight, and he has assured everybody that when he says he's going to retire, he is absolutely going to retire. <laughs> like, this is, this is it. It's just... He's not going to do anything else. He's just going to walk away from MMA. And so we'll see. And I, I, I believe him. You know, he's been through so many wars. He's been through so many generations of fighters. Uh, <laughs> so I believe him here. What yeah, do you think? I believe, you believe him, him too, man. I think he's only saying this because too many motherfuckers are retiring than unretiring. Or they're retiring from the UFC. And I don't know if he has any more fights on his contract, but sometimes people retire and then they go to a fucking different, a different organization, whatever, dude. But dude, Shogun Hopefully, Hula, it, means, hopefully it means that the reason why he could be comfortable about saying that is that he put a lot of money away. Oh, I'm very, you know, sure saved for himself, saved for his family. And so there won't be a need for him to, to fight, get yeah. back into fighting. When he's well past his, well, well, well past his prime, where he might seriously get fucking hurt against a young gun that's trying to make a name for themselves on his face. <laughs> I bet he, I bet he has a lot of shit lined up. Though. I, I remember watching one of the Embedded's a while back, and his house is actually really nice in Brazil. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who else is mm-hmm. baller out in Brazil? Is no the Noguera guys, dude. Oh my god, the Noguera brothers. Oh, the Noguera brothers. Oh, dude. I I'm glad they're doing well because yeah. I can't think of a, a pair of nicer fighters in dude. MMA. <laughs> Big Nog, I think I he has. You, when you listen to Noguera, the Nogueras talk, you just yeah. can't help but like cheer for those guys. They just seem so, just like such nice guys. Yeah, I saw on the countdown that. Nogueira's like a big ho- like some big host on and like a podcaster on in Brazil and shit like that. It's like he's doing big things out there, man. I guess it's that it's that Manny Pacquiao effect, man. When you start when you're when you're super popular, especially in your in your country, man, like you can pretty much do anything out there. You're just a you're just a god amongst the people. Yeah, dude. <laughs> How about fucking Oh, we talked about that already. We talked about Manny Pacquiao joining Ryzen for for God's sake. Right. Let's uh let's go back to a, another old story we talked about. Um, DFC has reaffirmed that uh, fighter Jeff Molina is barred from the po- from the promotion after the Nevada yeah, State Athletic Commission has suspended him, and this is due to his okay. substantial involvement in the James Krause betting sc- scandal that we've talked about in previous episodes. Again, yeah. just to remind you guys, James Krause. Um, had some discord where he was running a betting ring on MMA fights that involved his fighters, like yeah. apparently. And especially uh, Molina there was too. some, yeah, there was some shady uh, betting that happened between Derek Minner versus uh, Nerd Nerd back at UFC Vegas 64. And so the fallout continues with fighters and coach and coach James Krause being involved in this betting scandal. So we'll keep you guys posted as more news is made available what other news items have caught your eye this week 
Uh, oh man, this one's really important. Tracy Cortez and Brian Ortega have broken up. So uh, all you thirsties <laughs> out there, get in line. Now you could look at, you could go ahead and follow Tracy Cortez's Instagram yeah. and not fear Brian Ortega uh, slapping a guillotine on your fucking necks. <laughs> yeah. That's very Thirst important. Machines news. out there, go ahead, have at it, especially you, Sean. God damn. I remember yeah. Sean texted me this news guys earlier this week and i just knew it's like oh we're definitely going to be talking about this on gotta the podcast, talk about <laughs> Shit. i wonder it's not any of our business but i'm wondering if as time goes by whether there will be news on what happened between the two i know sometimes it's just people grow apart it's just what it is how about uh how about uh respect their privacy folks how about <laughs> don't, ba- don't slide into tracy's dms don't too slide soon, in guys how about uh this was announced i saw this on Instagram today. I guess Bay Area native uh, Carrie Taylor Melendez gets a fight against mm-hmm. some nobody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Uh, someone uh, Beltor in March. I think it's March 10 or something like that. Okay. So she's making her comeback then. Oh, yeah. She's been on the shelf for a while too. Oh, she has been. Another fight announcement Marab Devalish Vili versus Peter Yan in the works for UFC fight. Oh, for March 21. That's right. Headliner. And that's that, going to be a that's going to be uh, the main event there. That would be fire. Oh, yeah. I'll be fire. I feel like the UFC announced a bunch of these fights right they as did. the Francis Ngannou news came out. Just to did you hear about that? Drown it out. You know what I'm saying? But did you hear about that? Someone apparently uh, during the event, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, but the fight night, apparently someone lifted up one of those like billboard things over the, I don't know how, how that works. But apparently it was leaked way before it was supposed to be leaked. The whole John Jones and uh, um, oh, Cyril I didn't. Oh, so somebody during Someone the event, yeah, put up a sign that there was said big, that John Jones was and Cyril were going to fight. Yeah, so they had to come out and oh. say it. And <laughs> they, like, so they came out and like took the guy's uh, sign down. So <laughs> that's so funny. I'm I'm pretty sure that guy's funny. fired. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. I hope well, you're not that, fired. That not, was it? Was it like a was it an employee or probably just someone at the event? I think it was an employee. Really? Yeah. Mm. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead. Well, since we're talking about uh, UFC Fight Night, shall oh, we yeah. recap last weekend's fight of Sean Strickland versus Imovov? Let's do it. All right, that Sunday, was the main event. Sunday, they fought this at Sunday. light heavyweight. Let's. Let's make sure we point out, though, that uh, Sean Strickland took this fight on less than a week's notice. Yeah. They fought this at light heavyweight, even though both both of these fighters are middleweights, middleweights. which is the 185, 186 limit. But they made a, an exception here because of the short notice for Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland weighed in at, I believe... I think it was 204. Like... 204 while Imovov weighed in at like 194 or 195 so there was a 10 pound (sighs) weight difference um but i mean it's what it is because it's in the light heavyweight range it's they had to make a fight out of it yeah uh sean strickland uh wins a unanimous decision and was in fought a very disciplined fight against Imovov, who Mm -hmm. seemed to not be able to get find his yeah. range with Sean Strickland and was kind of trying to be unpredictable, but just wasn't able to land uh, 
a lot of meaningful shots on Sean Strickland. What what did you think of this fight? Man, I I thought Nasruddin like they put such a good highlight together for Nasruddin uh, Imovov, and you know I didn't watch too many of his fights, only the stuff that they put that put out on the YouTube, and you know he looked like he was kind of the next big thing, and you know Strong, Sean Strickland came in on a few days' notice and kind of put on a clinic on Imovov. Uh, Imovov obviously was training for somebody else, but um, Sean Strickland's stand-up was just, it was just too un- unorthodox for Imovov to kind of time. And, you know, it was Imovov, very disciplined. Yeah, like like yeah. Strickland stayed in the pocket there. He did. Well, and, I uh, think when Imovov would throw his strikes, I think he was preparing for Strickland to disengage. And Strickland didn't. He stayed in the pocket, yeah. almost marched Imovov down and forced Imovov to move around more and use his footwork a lot more than I think he was comfortable with. Yeah. And mind you, Nasruddin is from Dagestan, but he trains out in France. Uh, but Sean Strickland looked really good, considering it was only uh, offered, him, offered to him uh, after a few days, and he, he looked like he was in training. You know, if you yeah, look I at mean, it, right? Like he, he was just training. He just wasn't he was, ready to cut weight, but he looked yeah. like he was in fighting shape in the sense that he had his gas tank, he had his yeah. engine going, he could rev fast, control the pace. So it, it, this does a lot of good things for Sean Strickland's brand. Um, not not so. Imovov's just got to go back into the lab and yeah, figure but, out what to do but look when what, he's fighting. Look Somebody what Sean Strickland who's built did, heavier though. than him. He, he pretty much showed the blueprint how to beat Imovov. So... Imovov has a lot of work to do, I think, if he wants yeah. to get back well, I, to where he was. You know, was. to be fair to Imovov, he went in there at a smaller fighter. Agreed. Even though they're in the technically the same weight class, but there was yeah. a 10-pound difference in the, the weigh-ins. Huge. So sure he felt it. He's got to figure out what to do where he can't just rely on one or two explosive punches to keep a bigger guy off of him. You know, he so almost looked like a welterweight. Go back into the lab and just figure something out. He almost looked like an in-betweener compared mm. to Strickland. You think? Well, Strickland just looked bigger because he just didn't. He's have also to cut taller. For this one. Also taller too. Mm. Yeah. What'd you think about the co-main event? Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson. Ige gets a knockout oh with God. the left hook on Damon. He just put Damon Jackson down. So this uh, is and uh, Danny gets a performance of the night bonus for this one. So this is going to be my white belt moment of the year. I mean, white belt moment of the month. Oh, hey, hey I like that. Echo. I know. So <laughs> I predicted that Damon Jackson was going to be the more um, active fighter, or well, I mean, gosh, the the fight was actually going back and forth for a little bit, and Damon Jackson yeah, was starting to it had some action. find his range, and Dan Ige. I think it was in the pocket too, where there was a firefight going on, and Dan Ige mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. landed just a little bit harder and a little bit more accurate. That left hook just landed and just flattened Damon. Jackson. And it was a home. It was it home was run. nice. Walk off. Um, I'm gonna give myself a white belt for the women's bantamweight fight: Ket- Caitlin Vieira versus Raquel Pennington. Fuck. We thought that Vieira, this would be her big kind of. I'm gonna win this dominantly, and now. They have to offer me a title fight soon. But Raquel Pennington just showed that she's such a workhorse and uh, pulled out the split decision. Uh, So congratulations to Raquel Pennington and white belt demotion for Mr. Carlo. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that Roman? What about your... Did you see that Roman? Go ahead, go ahead. uh, Kapalov versus uh, Punahele Soriano? I missed that one, actually. Well, I'll tell you this. But Kapalov got the win for that. Punahele... 
he's been known for you know hunting head hunting and, and coming forward and whatnot he was just winging way too many hard shots where anytime he did throw a shot it was just 100 percent, and he just gassed and you know there was a couple of body kicks and body shots that roman was throwing that was really slowing him down and unfortunately man because uh, you know punahele soriano he's like a las vegas native uh, not native but staple out there at extreme couture but you know he's got a lot of work to do if he can't you know settle down and 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 kind of get us things together it's not going to look good for him for the next couple fights but uh how about my boy umar Nurmagomedov versus heoni barcelos oh my god fuck man owing rounding barcelos barcelos is tough too i remember thinking about this fight going like i don't know rounding's pretty tough i mean i I thought Nurmagomedov was going to get a decision win just because how tough barcelos is but god damn that that wasn't even close I mean, the and the odds were like minus nine seventy five for yeah. Norma Gamedov, so Vegas knew something. <laughs> well, not, yeah. I mean, who uh, what was it? Isn't Barcelos also a teammate of the uh, former lightweight champion? Uh, uh, I think he was in his corner. Uh, Charles Dobronx uh, Oliveira. Oh, was he a teammate of it? I think yes. Charles went out to the ring with him, or went out to the cage with him. Yeah, on the walkouts, um, but. Well, <laughs> I guess you know or a bunch I, of other it, guys. Is it Rowney or was it Mateus? No, there was there was uh, I think there was three I think it was Mateus Mendoca that he was a teammate of. He of, was also a, a, a teammate of Alan Nascimento, who's who's lower on the card as well. Who got the submission? Oh, okay, so maybe Charles Oliveira had a number of. Yeah, he had a number. Of, any, I think it was like a other, shoot box thing. Okay, yeah. Any other fights on this card that you want to shout out before we yeah. look forward to this so weekend? I went. Uh, with Javid Basharat over his Mateus Madonka, and he dominated, which was great. Um, and then the Alan Nascimento versus Carlos Hernandez, beautiful submission. You could tell that that guy's been training with uh, Dil Bronx. His submission game is sick. And then Charles Johnson versus Jimmy Flick. I watched the, that first fight, and it was a pretty damn good TKO. Oh, that was like, was that a KO? Like a straight up TKO, huh? Yeah, it was a straight up TKO. Don't forget, man, we also had a 1FC card on friday remember that oh that's right last weekend yep. so let's get into it yep uh that was the the one that was headlined by a kick kickboxing fight uh super bond versus chingis yeah uh oh my god uh yeah well let's just go down I the remember... whole uh let's just go down the line of the fights even though it's a muay thai fight let's uh, let's just go with yeah it. yeah absolutely uh with the super bond versus chingis i do remember saying in last week's episode that my heart wants like oh, wants oh yeah Superbond to do well but i think ching yeah. is was Ching-Is. uh that was going to be his fight and goddamn so, oh something God. about like these hyper aggressive punchers they can just make these uh some of these tie fighters just really uncomfortable yeah and that's what just happened ching just came in with the sharp balanced punching volume and just put super bond down with it his was just too. ugh I was just like, I was some of my friends like shout out Ray Ray. Um, he he was like, kind of hurting for Super Bond on yeah. that one. But I was just saying like, dude, Ching is just like, like, like big too. Yes. Like to make that weight, I think he like he must cut a lot, and I don't know how he passes the hydration test because he's just uh, in he, shape. Man. Ching is just look huge in that he one. He did. He looked like he was 
his his muscles outweighed his frame, dude. Like that's how. how <laughs> and then you look at Superbon, look like he's been drinking fucking Johnny Walker, just kind of like <laughs> hey, bloated. Sometimes life is good. How about the uh, flyweight kickboxing world championship super leg versus Daniel Puertas? That you was know, that fight was pretty fun. That was pretty fun I mean, too. And then if you if this is kind of the same uh, situation with the uh, um with Superbon also, I noticed that Superleg looked a little uncomfortable. Also, like with with all those crazy combos, but he you know he was starting to counter real good. And there was a couple times where Superleg caught kicks when you're not supposed to remember. And, they, they, uh, I mean, let me tell you, these referees will sometimes get a, let you get away with a few things just because it happened so fast. Yeah. And, you know, and it's as long as I think as long as you're not catching super long yeah. and then trying to dump them, then, good. you know, they'll let you kind of get away with it, uh, even though it's kickboxing rules. So, you know, we'll see. Um, how about and, you know, last week we talked about how in the submission grappling match oh, between fuck, Mikey Musumeci versus Bayan Duran, we didn't know who Bayan Duran is. Well, well now you we know, know that Bayan Duran has a torn up knee. There was a picture of him at the hospital, like his legs in a cast. Musa Messi put him in a, a, a Mikey lock, which is his version of a heel hook. And he said that nasty. he could feel by Duran's knee tearing up and ripping up like cardboard. He did not like that feeling. He no. said it was gross. And it looked gross. If you watch it online and guys follow one championships, uh, Instagram page, they show the it's highlight of it. this by Duran's knee just gets torn up all sorts of, weird ways it, it's just yeah it's, it's gross yeah. to watch shout out <laughs> to gross. uh taylor ninja mccorriston cornering um Musumeci that night fdcc las vegas shout out um but dude during that first scramble i think that's that was it i think uh mikey got him into that mikey lock and i think it literally tore um by endurance legs up so fast that he was just like fuck it I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, like it's like I'm already, it's I'm already, already torn up. Yeah, no use tapping now. Let's see what else can happen. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, if, you, if you're already isolated, you know you can't move out of something. Just fucking tap, guys. Yeah, dude. Because now it's a year of recovery for by endurance before yeah. you can do anything. It's like how much did you fucking get paid, bro? And how'd you get this title shot? Right? No, you got to keep Mikey busy. <laughs> I know, right? They're probably... Hey, I'm, I'm gonna congratulate myself. I knew, uh, um. Long Song was gonna win. On Long Song would Fuck. would win. Uh, would TKO over uh, Gilberto Galvao, even though Gilberto Galvao again looks like a monster, but <laughs> On Long Song's a heavy hitter. TKO yeah. in round one. What a gangster, song. dude. And Rod Tang catch weight kickboxing fight versus uh, Yibu from China. He won a unanimous decision yeah, over no three chance. rounds. Rod Tang doing the thing. Rod Tang and doing the how damn about thing. How about your ex-girlfriend or ex future ex-wife, ex-wife Stamp Fairtex versus uh, uh, Anna Supergirl Jarun Sok uh, in a what turned out to be a kickboxing fight? Uh, she gets the unanimous. Uh, no, I'm sorry, split decision win. What What do you think of that fight? Was that the correct oh, call? Man. It was close. Uh, I it, mm-hmm. I mean, if it would have gone either way, I would have been happy because, man, if you look at uh, is it Wonder Girl? Or is it Supergirl? Supergirl. Supergirl. Uh, if you look at um, the first round, Supergirl was really aggressive, and you know they were. Dude, her hand combinations yeah. for a, for a traditional tie fighter, for a clinch fighter, she she looked pretty clean with some of those hand the, combos. She was yeah. also a taller fighter, which gave Stamp a couple of problems. But what was great about yeah, because I'm not used to seeing Stamp 
no. fight going backwards. No. She, I don't think she fights backwards super well. She did a really good job, though. She did a really good job countering uh, mm-hmm. with her with her counter right. Was it a right hand that, she, or was it a left? That she yeah, she has a catching. heavy right hand. And um, I, I think it, it came down to that last round. And I think Stamp, uh, you know, pulled it out. If I had to make a choice, literally, and I think the just power differential yeah. made a difference. Agreed. I mean, the differential made a difference. That's redundant. Sorry, guys. We'll edit that out. That makes that makes but a the, lot of the sense. power the power advantage that mm-hmm. Stamp had, I think it showed. Yeah, and I think that's what the judges were probably giving her credit for. But it was cool seeing uh, two a, two Thai girls fight though. It was really exciting. And it, it'll be interesting to see again, like Stamp was originally supposed to fight um uh oh what's her name i forgot (laughs) her name absolutely escaped me even though i'm a fan anna mexin sorry i don't know why her name escaped me for that that um just like that but stamp was originally supposed to fight anna um uh mexin uh in a mixed rules fight where the first round was going to be muay thai four rounds first round i believe was going to be muay thai was it going to be muay thai round mma No, Muay Thai. Okay, I was about to say. So it was going to go Muay Thai, MMA, Muay Thai, MMA for four rounds. And uh, Anna Mexin said that uh, she had a family emergency. She didn't even show up to the weigh-ins. Uh, so when, when they just dropped that, her from the fight. And so when they figured something they, out. She said that they, fa- they said that she failed the hydration. I guess that means you failed if you don't show well, up, right? Well they, well, they said she failed the hydration test. And Mexin is saying that she didn't even show up for the hydration test. So she didn't Maybe know what Maybe that's just an automatic about. fail. So somebody, somebody's blowing smoke up her asses. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see as the week goes by what news comes out of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Stan Fairtech still wants to do that mixed rules fight with Anna Mexin. Hopefully, um, Mexin's family situation isn't too serious and gets resolved and she could get back to fighting and concentrating on that. So all our best to her. Hopefully everything's okay. Hopefully. Uh, what about um, MMA return for Gary Tonin again at featherweight versus Johnny Nunes? Uh, Gary Tonin does what he does. Submission round one, took care of business, didn't yeah. fuck around, didn't try to be a striker. No. Just went to his bread and butter. That's what he <laughs> needs to do, man. And that Kimura, the Kimura control uh, really, I didn't think he was going to get it, but, you know, he's he's one of the best in the world for a reason. It, it's kind of interesting because uh, the Danaher grapplers aren't necessarily known for Kimura finishes. Yeah. But, you know, it's like one of the more fundamental submissions you learn in jiu-jitsu. So I shouldn't be surprised that he was able to pull it off. Yeah. Congratulations, Gary Tonin. So, yeah, so back into the win column. So should we look forward to this weekend? Yeah. I mean, what what else? Is there only one event this weekend? There's two events. So oh. we got the UFC 283. Okay. And then one championship is doing another event on Friday at Lumpany Stadium. Oh. And it's a it's a mixed card. There's Muay Thai and there's also going to be MMA in the ring. Uh, so it's going to be uh, on Friday. So we could talk about that after we talk about yeah UFC 283 this weekend. I did not know that. So UFC 283 this weekend is going to be at uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and the headline is going to be for the light heavyweight title. Between Glover Teixeira, former champion, against number seven ranked 
Jamahal Hill. Uh, Glover Teixeira is plus 105. Hale is a minus 125 favorite. How do you see this fight unfolding, Sean? Man. Uh, I was listening to the BYM podcast with uh, Michael Bisbing and um, Anthony Smith. And remember, Anthony Smith is on his way over there as well to be an alternate. And mind mm-hmm, you... Because he was originally supposed to fight Jamal Hill. Yes. And mind you, he actually trained with Jamal Hill for, I think it was a week in preparation for Glover Teixeira. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because yeah. remember, uh, Glover fought Anthony Smith as well. Um, mm-hmm. Jamal Hill... You know, he comes from a small gym. Sorry for mispronouncing there. his name. Is it Jamal? It's not Jamal. I, I have no idea. Fuck. I'll say Jamal. Okay. So. Jamal Hill, All you right. know, he comes from a small gym out there in um, Michigan. And, you know, th- that can be a blessing or that could be, you know, his downfall. But, I mean, nothing can prepare you better than your, than, than your coaches. But for him, he's just such a good athlete to the point where, you know, his striking has, has carried him up to this point. And I feel like he does have maybe one or does two his, more ways more to win than Glover Teixeira. You know, does his athleticism negate Glover Teixeira's power and grappling savvy? Is it enough to negate all that? Not for five rounds, I don't think. But if mm. it was a three-round fight, yes. But I think Glover mm. Teixeira's had, you know, he's fought the best of the best. He fought John Jones, for God's sake. He's fought, I mean, he's been in the trenches. He's, he's the, the, won the, the championship. Champion. Yeah. Like, he, he's just had the better opposition and he's had the experience. But this could almost be, like, uh, similar to the John Jones-Glover uh, Teixeira fight where if Jamal Hill can keep him away and hurt him with strikes, which, you know, who, who knows because Glover is a good boxer. Uh, mm-hmm. But... If Glover does get on top of him, it's going to be a long fucking night. So I, you can know, Glover take Hill down? Can I think he can if he can get inside. In him? But he's going to have to, again, Jamal Hill's going to have to keep him off him, and he's going to have to keep, create distance. And you know, he has so long play limbs. The distance game. Yeah, he has to. He has to literally use his jab. He's got to use his teeps. He's got to use everything uh, to keep. So Glover Hill shouldn't away. try to chase the finish against Glover. You feel that's where he would get in trouble. I mean, I think he thinks, he believes that he, he's going to be able to knock him out. And that's very dangerous both ways, you know, because. God, because every time you sometimes you think Glover's in trouble, he comes back with something. That's what I'm saying. Man. Where he could still, he like, he will take you down on the way after you've almost TKO'd him. Mm-hmm. He'll like grab a leg and drag you on the ground yeah. with him. And then all of a sudden now you're in his world and he's out jujitsuing you, if that's a word. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I'm I'm tired of like choose uh, like betting against Glover. I'm going to yeah. root for Glover on this one because he's number one, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> and that number two people, have, he said he was see, Glover said someone called him over the hill before he even made his UFC debut. <laughs> Can you believe yeah. that? I believe <laughs> so, it because he's, he's been fighting for so long and he had visa issues he's fighting so. for so long. So I I'm, I'm rooting for Glover. I'm happy for Hill to get the opportunity. I think this is a great, opportunity for his profile to be uh expanded everyone gets to become aware of the talent that hill is uh but i'm i'm gonna root for glover here i'm gonna go with glover all right i'm gonna you want to bet i'm yeah. gonna go i'm gonna go jamal hill only for sport i i want glover to win but i think jamal hill i think he'll have 
just the reach advantage and just the range on him. I think he's probably going to pick him apart. But the, the, again, that's just for he's, sport. He's the betting favorite. Yeah. So I'll say Jamal Hill. You say Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Bet. Now let's go to the co-main event. Uh, <laughs> flyweight title fight versus Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. And the odds. Number four, by the way. Figure it. Okay. The odds. Davison is a minus 110. Brandon is a minus one ten. This is a literal toss up, Pick up. according to Vegas. This is, is it, yeah, you're, that's right. This is number four between these two. The fourth time they fought. So who wins? <laughs> who wins this one? And what's the key to it, Sean? I think it's also. I think it's going to be the coaching because both fighters have changed up their coaching for this fight. That's uh, right. That's Davison right. was with uh, Henry Cejudo and and uh, Captain. El Barracine or something like that. Uh, he was with him when he when he won the belt back from Brandon Moreno. But he's back in Brazil, which is I don't know how smart that is. Um, Brandon Moreno, you know, he was with uh, Interim Gym out in Mexico. Then he went to the UFCPI, and then he was part of the whole uh, James Kraus fiasco, where none of James James <laughs> Kraus's fighters can freak in. So I heard he sell like he was out in. Um, Vegas, and I think he sought out a uh, safe Saud out in Texas for a little bit. But man, I I don't know. Like I feel like Davison, he's just such a fucking specimen, man. Where you know he kind of reignited the fire in 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 the flyweight division for a reason. You know he was destroying people, and at the same time Brandon Moreno was doing the same. But just he was just that guy that you never know. You never knew if he was gonna win. Right, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. he starts winning. So I'm gonna make my pick. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with Brandon Moreno. I think he's a little bit more elusive, but Davison does have a lot of things to negate whatever Brandon brings to the table. But I think Brandon knows what's at stake, and I think he just possibly worked a little bit hard more uh, on this fight than Davison has. I think he just put in just a little bit more work and that I think that's going to be the difference. And I'm going to say Brandon Moreno takes it split decision. <laughs> Why split decision? Why not just a decision? Uh, you think there'll be a judge that sees it differently? I think it's going to be, weird, I think it's going to be, I think it's, <laughs> it's going to be a weird thing. I'm asking because it's a weird call. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, but it's no, just a weird I, call. I get it. And I think, I think there's just going to be, it's going to be one of those fights where controversial, controversial, like, who won this round or who won this round or I don't think it's going to be a robbery, but I think it's going to be uh, a split decision. And I think it's going to go for Moreno. I think I'm, 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 I'm going to root for Brandon Moreno just, uh, uh, as a, just an emotional pick. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, it looks like he's journeying from gym to gym trying to find himself, but he's still able to be a number one contender. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Moreno's combination speed versus Davison's single shot power. Yeah. Uh, so over five rounds at flyweight, I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out this time around. So I'm just, so I'm not gonna pick a winner in the sense of I know this guy is gonna win for this reason, but I'm gonna root for Moreno. Yeah. I'm just gonna root for Moreno. I'll tell you Let's one thing though. Go, Sorry. Go ahead. I'll tell you one thing. No, go for it. When I saw some of Davison's training footage out in Brazil, uh, you know, like it, it kind of, I don't know. Like it looked a little sketch because he, you know, one of his co- one of his head coaches was saying 
some really random stuff. I know it was translated in English. I, I forget what he said exactly, but it just didn't look right to me. So that's the, probably the only reason why I'm picking Brandon Moreno, just because of what I saw in some of his coaching sessions or uh, his mid sessions and stuff. Sounds sounds to me like <laughs> Coach Sean needs to go down there to Brazil and, and put show his these guys his what real place. MMA training is about. <laughs> you need uh, to do leg locks. About... <laughs> Five hundred sit-ups. Um, let's talk quickly about the rest of the card. I yeah. want to talk about just briefly the Walter White fight between Gilbert Burns and Neil Ooh, Magny. That's going to be fun. I think. Night. I think it's 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 going to be a fun fight. I think. Neil Magny is such a workhorse. He's kind of one of those middle of the card, uh, overachieving fighters that could always just put on a good fight. Yeah. I think Gilbert Burns should win this. I think he should be able to outpoint Neil Magny in both the striking and the grappling. What do you think? I think so too. Um, I don't know. He's a minus, and, and Burns yeah. is a minus three sixty five favorite, uh, and I think that's for a good reason. I mean, anyone that reason. can Neil go... Magny's a workhorse, though. I yeah. I have such respect for him, but I just I don't think this is a great matchup for him. Anyone that can go three rounds balls deep like that with Kamzat. I mean, anyone that goes up against Gilbert Burns, not named Kamzat. You know. Did you guys losing. hear that? Uh, Sean was talking about Kamzat's balls again. So yeah. just just making sure you know <laughs> that this is being recorded. <laughs> Neil Magny needs to change his hairstyle, though. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I love the dreads, <laughs> but he just looked better with the fade. You know, like the 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 dreads just make his hairline pull back. Well, a slide bit. into his DMs and let him know. I would like, never. Hey, we're talking about you on the podcast. <laughs> I would never tell him that to his face. Like you need to get a new barber. Yeah, just you know, go I'll create a burner account <laughs> and say to him. How about that? How, How about, about uh, uh, Jessica Andrade versus uh, Lauren Murphy? Yeah, I was about to say that. Uh, dude, Jessica Andrade is a minus 450 favorite. Uh, but Lauren Murphy is no slouch, so I don't know what's why they're odds? disrespecting her like that, making Lauren Murphy a plus what's the, 360 what's the... underdog. Oh, my God. But goddamn. That's what not a bad think? bet. I mean, you think it's a value bet? Yeah, like Lauren Murphy totally. might be the value bet Dude, there? because I feel like Lauren Murphy's submission game is pretty good. I mean, you never know. But is it enough to... I mean, that's just the strength of Jessica Andrade. Yeah, but I think Lauren Murphy's I mean, also There's something the about fighter. technique, but sometimes, you know, Jessica's got technique too, plus she's strong. This is at 25, I think, too. So I think Lauren Murphy... That's right. She should, Lauren Murphy should have a size advantage. She's she's the taller girl, I think. She's more of the natural flyweight yeah. fighter. I think she can muscle around, uh, and Jessica Andrade is just going to come with the fucking thunder anyway, so... I think, I think I'm that's gonna, gonna, gonna be a fun fight. You know what? I'm just, I'm gonna root for fucking Lauren Murphy, man. Fuck it, dude. Let's let's see if I can make well, somebody you, money. You, you, you guys, guys, if you want to make a value to bet, Lauren Murphy plus three sixty. Sean get says on go for Kings. it. <laughs> get on whatever. Get on your fake or call your bookie. Do people still have bookies these days? I don't even. Yeah, know. they do. I don't think I don't <laughs> think the Asian bookies do MMA though. They only do the the, the normal <laughs> shit. Like the Vietnamese bookies, they only do freaking football, baseball, basketball. That's it. No hockey. What about what about this uh, light heavyweight fight between Paul Craig and our Paul guy Craig? Johnny Walker? Uh, um, Johnny Walker is a minus one seventy favorite. Paul Craig is a plus one forty five underdog, even though he's ranked uh, three yeah. spots higher than Johnny Walker. What do you think? I think Johnny Walker, man, after his last fight. You know, I, w I was rooting for him for, you know, I thought this this last fight that he came out to, I thought he was going to 
he was going to come out and show out, but he ends up getting knocked out. Remember, yeah, I, I, remember I, I also sent you that post where, you know, he's been getting knocked out like this ever since he was fighting in Brazil. So something about these hyper athletic guys yeah. that they get hurt easily. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like their their tendons and their jaws don't hold the muscles together well or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, put it together. You're gonna be going against Paul Craig, who's more of a submission threat. So Johnny Walker should be, you know, picking this dude apart. But I have a feeling Paul Craig is gonna submit this guy. Yeah. I think so, dude. I think Paul Craig is going to get dropped from Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker is going to catch him with something. Uh, Johnny Walker is going to start throwing some fucking haymakers from top, uh, maybe in the guard. And Paul Craig Paul arm Craig bars him. Fucking arm bars him or triangles him. Easy Basic money, arm bar dude. From guard. And, and wow, okay. that is going to be Johnny Walker's walking papers. Oh, man. That would be sad because he's entertaining, he's at home but too. you got to win. He's at you home. be entertaining, but you got to win. Uh, boa, let's talk boa. About let's talk about all-time great headlining the prelims and by the way the prelims of this card are going to be airing on abc whoa um so you could watch the headline fight for the abc portion on the prelims is going to be a legend mauricio shogun hua for uh going against ihor pateria uh mauricio shogun hua is only a plus 170 underdog uh ihor is a minus 200 favorite uh shogun this will be his retirement mma fight what do you think sean does the old man still got one more good performance in him of course or he is does. he just gonna try to get out there without getting hurt did you know that this guy um eeyore proteria is only 26 years old god damn how old is shogun again uh and and this guy's 40 10 40, 40 100 years old <laughs> 41 actually that's not bad 41 41 it's not so bad he's younger than us i know but uh man it's got I some just... nipples on him what the fuck i know <laughs> this is one I thing think, that i noticed uh, about uh shogun he's always had some nipples you know i'm gonna say this i think even though uh Forteria is younger i think the ufc <laughs> they're trying to make shogun look decent on his way out especially here. in brazil they 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 did they didn't put like Pateria isn't some like grappling machine, no. so they and he's they, from the contender series. Up in there, Come on, man. They put him up there against somebody who's going to try to strike with him. Um, Imagine getting the call and you're like, "Hey, have, dude, that, that doesn't have like a ton of knockouts on his record." Uh, so so they kind of so gave we'll him see. a can. So. Not a can, but yes, I think it's, it's just somebody the that's dude lost, not that's res- going to make him look respectable. I the think. dude lost his last fight via knees. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> I, I I don't know if Shogun's has the motor the and the engine no to uh, to have a bunch of clinch knees anymore. We're talking about forty one <laughs> years old Shogun who okay, who's been through wars over the years in all over the world. <laughs> so, I'm rooting for Shogun just for. Uh, you know, nostalgia's sake. I just hope nobody gets super hurt. How's yeah. that? <laughs> I want to see a what other fight. What other fight on this card are you looking forward to? Oh, Cody Stamen, Luan Lacerda. That's a good one. Uh, Warley yeah, Alves. That's going to be on the early prelims. That's going to yeah. be on UFC fight, fight Fight Pass for those of you guys who have it. Terrence McKinney, always so a good out. UFC Fight Pass, if you want to, like, sponsor us, let us know. <laughs> yeah, give us a fucking membership. God. Terrence McKinney versus uh, Ishmael Bonfim. That guy's, that's, that guy's got to be Brazilian. 
Um, he is Brazilian, and but he's super new. You can tell because uh, the picture that the UFC put up thing. of Ismail is almost it almost looks like a black and white photo. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like they've um, scanned a Polaroid <laughs> photo of Ismail. So it's like a really bad photo quality. <laughs> so yeah, they put them at the bottom of the card, man. So yeah, that's the, that's this weekend. Uh, nor even though it's in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Here in the United States, are airing at normal times for their pay per views. So, I think it's be a good card. I it has the makings of a lot of action. So, I think we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yeah. You want to quickly go over? Yeah, let's go skim Friday's through the uh, Friday's um, uh, Muay Thai for card. one champ. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's all uh, Muay Thai one, except for like one at, fucking. At, yeah. So it's a uh, what, what they call it. They go. So this will be the inaugural one Friday fights. Uh, card so it's one friday fights one uh lumpini boxing stadium in bangkok thailand a legendary name right there headlined by nong oh who is one of the more technical uh muay thai fighters active today versus alverdi ramaz ramazanov from russia Ooh, a russian guy but it's muay thai yeah it's muay thai um if this was kickboxing you know who i'm going with <laughs> you just you love those uh those Russians. you love those fighters that have that have a last name that ends in ov sean yeah. we know how you are um nong oh with the Straw fucking widow's peak prajan chai versus compatch uh Enbarai singha versus uh kun Solek. I'm i'm fucking up these names i know it sorry guys but you know it's interesting because all these you know these Thai fighters traditionally take the name, the last name. The they change yeah. their last name to the name of their gym. So it's, it's a lot of these big names uh, coming out. You got FA Group, you got yeah. Fairtex, you got uh, PK Sanchez, uh, PK Sanchai out here. Uh, Sexon is actually fighting fighting Tyson Harrison, who is the brother of Liam Harrison, I believe. Oh, as catchweight in Muay Thai. I had so, no idea. So that that's gonna be fun. That is and, fucking. Liam Harrison's brother? He looks like Rick Roll. <laughs> and then uh, they got a couple of uh, MMA fights on the on the card as well. Uh, between uh, people I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm anxious to see this dude Muang Thai. Actually, this PK is all. Sanchai. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Majority of it is Muay Thai. Flyweight Muay Thai. I think there's like two more MMA fights. Thank God. One lightweight fight. And one flyweight fight. Can you so, imagine uh, how much gambling is going to be going on at this fucking stadium, dude? Can I can I can I point out something on the in the MMA section? Uh, at flyweight, it's Akihiro Fujisawa versus wait for it, wait for it, from the United <laughs> States, Colton Kielbasa. <laughs> I think it's time to change your name, dude, bro. You it's, gotta root for Kielbasa. You gotta root for the Kielbasa, man. Yeah. You got to go for it. You I think it's time to change it. your name, so anyway, bro. It's 300 bucks. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, you know, you you should He might be the fucking... heir to the Kilbasa name. Or this. He might he might go to uh, adult entertainment after this uh, fighting career shit, <laughs> shit is done. That's a he great might, he'll idea. He'll make 10 times more money. He'll my make 10 times more money. My name's, so good my luck name's to Bert. Bert Kilbasa? Colton Kilbasa. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you if you do go it. into ulti- uh, adult you do have to you change, change your name it. to Kurt. You gotta change his it. only so, fans. So that's that's Friday for one championships. They're starting their Muay Thai series over at Lumpini Stadium in Bangkok. 
Nice. So congratulations to Juan. What uh, any other news you want to wrap us up with here, Sean? Well, let me ask you this: Is this going to be like a new? So one Friday fights. Does this mean that every Friday now that there's going to be, like, not not every Friday, know. but it's going to be kind of like a ultimate fight night or something like that? Is that what they're trying I, to I do? I think this is one of those things that I remember months ago. One championship announced that they were start investing in Muay Thai around the world and trying to raise the profile of Muay Thai mm. and Muay Thai fighters. I think this is part of that. And so they're partnered with Lumpini Boxing Stadium in Bangkok. And this is part of that. That's, I mean, that's that huge. game plan that one's investing. And I think it's a, that's a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Cause I if think you think one about of it, the things that's go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wasn't the, the stadium supposed to also be closed down not too long ago. Wasn't that the big rumor? Uh, I don't remember that rumor. Even during so, COVID, there was a rumor during COVID that, or maybe the the rumor was that it was under construction because I did know that they they renovated that place, from what I heard. Well, yeah, they, I remember years ago they actually moved it. Oh, so they did. The yeah, this the Lumpini where it's at now is not the same one from the golden era back in the eighties and nineties. And my, so it's a different building. Information um, from what from what I've been told by people who have gone to Thailand a lot, uh, they say that the feel is not the same because. Um, the original Lumpini was in an area of Bangkok where you were near a lot of the street food vendors. So it had yeah. that real feel to it. They said this Lumpini stadium is kind of in the Chase outskirts Center. of Bangkok and just <laughs> it looks like, like Chase Center, not as fun to get to and not as fun to hang around. So, oh, <laughs> weak, dude. so that's the word I heard. So, I mean, I, I hopefully I get to go to Thailand this year and I could check it out and give you a firsthand account of it. Dude, that'd be sick, man. Cool. Well, so how's how's the rest of your week looking, man? I uh, got a few gigs going, and uh, the real estate season is in full effect now, guys. So, if any of you guys are trying to sell your house or you're trying to buy a house, uh, holler at your boy over Sean here. Guys. I know a bunch of people that are, you know, I'm not a realtor myself, but I do deal with realtors all the time, and there are some really good deals out there. Um, other than that, um, I'm going on a field trip with my son to Chinatown. It's cool how these uh, elementary schools in the city, you know, their their uh, field trips are really um, they're really focused on San Francisco as a community and and what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. So we're taking a, a school bus out to Chinatown to show the kids, you know, the, the diversity and um, the amazing place called Chinatown. I remember. Chinatown is such a great story. Such a great story. And one of my favorite things to do when I was younger, going to Chinatown, is like one of the few places where you could walk into a shop and buy a butterfly knife. Yes. (laughs) And fireworks. (laughs) And fireworks. You'll buy shit that you just cannot get at Target, guys. Nunchucks. (laughs) What? You want nunchucks? You want a sword? (laughs) Can't go to fucking like Walmart for that shit. You got to go to Chinatown. Chinatown. Let's go. Let's go. You need a Jade statue? Come on. Let's go to Chinatown. Well, dude, that sounds that sounds exciting, man. Yeah, so I can't That's wait. A, a Other than that, I think this weekend I'm going to be just home watching fights. First pay-per-view of the year. So um, what is Saturday anyway? What Saturday the, That's is the 21st. The, the 21st. I'm wondering. Right. You know, we should probably get together and watch one of these pay-per-view or fight nights soon. What do you think, man? All right, I'm down. Let yeah. me know what works for you. Yeah, man. 
So maybe we could do a little fight companion or a little semi broadcast. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, what could, or get some drinks or something. You could like hear that. our inane observations while, while we're drunk. While <laughs> well, we're drinking uh, <laughs> Casamigos uh, Reposado. You're like, look at that guy's forehead. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? How's your weekend looking? Or your uh, week? It's, the weekend's good. The week's, week's looking good. Training's feeling good. So I'll be doing jiu-jitsu tomorrow morning over at Kohalda Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Hey. 11 a.m. class. Um, and then Friday, uh, teaching Hapkido tomorrow as well. Got the Friday sparring class for Hapkido and Muay Thai. And weekend, hopefully just watching fights and chilling and healing this old body. Right on, man. That's going to do it for us, guys. And don't forget to hit that, that subscribe jo- uh, button. And don't forget to share the podcast and like it the as well. The subscribe blah, blah button. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore. Yours, Carlo? I'm Hopkey1 on Instagram. And don't forget to visit Magala Jiu-Jitsu out there in San Francisco. Fight culture in Daly City. Omni movement out there in Hercules. I'm over at Hopkey say here in San Francisco. We're with Cole Haldo Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai group. And don't forget to check out Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. Don't forget to watch the fights this weekend, guys. One championship is on Friday. Uh, UFC is on Saturday. And shout out to anyone competing out there in Stockton at the Jiu-Jitsu uh, World League. Um, shout out to my team, Magala Jiu-Jitsu, for coming deep. Let's bring home gold, guys. Good luck to all the competitors. We're gonna do it. That's gonna do it for us, guys. Take care, be safe. We're out. Peace.